this morning for a few minutes, I'm just going to, not going to preach, I'm just going to share a little bit of a devotional and teaching on a subject that uh, is on a lot of people's heart at the moment. And uh, I talk to pastors all around the, the country, how are they doing, how are they doing in Victoria, talking to people just in general church life. And what seems to be coming up is the common theme, COVID burnout. And it's like there's a fatigue setting in. Like when COVID came last year, it was, oh, it, it, if I can use the word respectfully, it was both a shock, but it was a little bit of excitement in the sense of, oh, wow, what do we do now? How do we do church? And there was a real buzz about going online and getting the media out and doing all that and uh, tied up in all that confusion. So there was energy. But then when we went into shutdown the second time, oh, okay. Then the third time, then the fourth time, business people were saying, no, this is, this is beyond a joke. We can't keep going like this. And what began to seep in was fatigue. Fatigue came in and started to touch people. And it's no longer a laughing matter. It's no longer a laughing matter when people are losing their homes because the businesses are shutting down. Depression is coming now and it's even going down into younger ages. People are locked in their homes, they're isolating. People that wanted to connect and communicate. And so just for a few minutes this morning, I want to share on a topic called Running on Empty, It's Time for a Refuel. Can we pray this morning? Holy Spirit, I ask and pray that you'd be here and help me this morning as I share. Share this word. I pray that uh, it would connect with hearts this morning and bring life, bring strength, and bring recovery back. We pray and ask in Jesus' name. Before I go on, I just want to thank too Dr. George from preaching last Sunday, stepping up and preaching. Can you put your hands together for him? Thank you. You should have handout notes there too. On your seats, just look around you. There's some handout notes there. If you haven't got any, just put your hand up. There'll be a deacon running around somewhere getting you some notes. I really feel too, and I was encouraged uh, just myself this morning, these handout notes, this week, I believe you'll probably get an opportunity to share them at work, share them with, with a fellow workmate, that they are too going through some tough times. You can say, hey, listen, this is what our pastor shared last Sunday. Have a, talk, have a look through these notes. So I mentioned before, running on empty, suffering from fatigue, emotionally worn out. These are all the symptoms that are going on at the moment around our country and around the world. And uh, you see, when it comes to the depletion of energy and health and strength, there are many things that can do this. Issues with family that have just dragged on, prolonged illnesses, prolonged disappointments, prolonged financial stress, issues at work, hostile work environments between staff and people. There are many things that can create an atmosphere for us to find ourselves being depleted of energy, strength and joy and finding ourselves running on empty. How are you doing today? How are you handling it? Well, for a few minutes this morning, we're going to drop in on a man in the Bible. His name is Elijah. He was doing really well, running well. And all of a sudden it says, in the one day, who knows one day can make a difference. 
one day can make a difference. You can be doing really well until one day some news is knocked on your door. You can be doing really well until one day. And this is what happened to Elijah. He was going really well. He had he went to confront a king called Ahab and his wife called Jezebel. They had brought such shame to the nation. They were involved in idolatry. They were involved in giving children up for sacrifice. They were a bad nation. The nation was running with 450 prophets of Baal. And this one man, this courageous man, Elijah, came and he said, enough is enough. I'm going to stand up for God and all of this shameful practice must stop. And so he confronted the king, confronted Jezebel, confronted all the prophets. And he said, listen, either your gods are real or my God is real. Let's have a competition. Let's put an altar over here and build an altar there. Get a bull, cut it up and put it on the altar. And you cry out to your God and the first God that comes down and consumes with fire will be the God we all serve. So the prophets of Baal built their altar. They got the bull and they cut it up and they put it on the altar. The Bible says that they chanted, they danced, they prayed, they cried, they cut themselves. Elijah even came up beside them and said, maybe you better pray a bit louder. Your God's deaf. He was taunting them. It actually says in Scripture, that Elijah came up and said, hey, maybe your God has gone outside to go to the toilet. He's absent. Nothing happened. Well, at the end of the day, Elijah hops up, cuts the beast up, puts it on the altar, pours water over it to say, hey, you think your God's good? Look at this. I'm even going to soak and saturate my offering." And the water flowed over and went down and cut into the, the, the little trough around the set. And then he cried out, God, you are real. Come. And fire fell and consumed the offering. It says the people were amazed. And then all of a sudden, they began to cry out. The nation began to cry out and say, the gods you caused us to follow have caused us all this pain. And in the next few hours, they slaughtered 450 prophets of Baal, the false prophets. But then it says, and this is the scripture, we lean on. <clears throat> King Ahab told his wife Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had ordered the death of all her false prophets of Baal. So the queen sent this threat to Elijah May my God strike me dead if I don't kill you by this time tomorrow. The queen was furious and she sent out a threat. She didn't send out men. She didn't send out military. She didn't send out assassins. All she sent out was a word, a threat. But it was enough to destabilize Elijah. You ever found yourself there? It was just a word spoken by someone, just a threat made by someone, but it was enough to destabilize you. And the scripture says next, Elijah, it says, was afraid and he ran for his life. He left his servant in the town of Bathsheba and he walked for a full day into the desert. Finally, he came to a broom tree and he collapsed under its shade. And there he prayed he might die. He said, God, I've had enough. 
Take my life. Just let me die. For I am no better than my ancestors. Exhausted, he fell asleep under the broom tree. This great, courageous military SAS guy who took on the whole nation has now run, camped under a broom tree, depleted of energy, demoralized, burnt out, running on empty. We can learn from this story. In your notes there, when your emotional tank is empty, you need to pick up the signs early. Write down these 10 signs that you can check. Am I running on empty? How can I tell if I'm running on empty? 10 things we can pick out of these scriptures. Number one, if you're running on empty, number one, fear. Fear will creep into your life. Fear. What does that mean? A lot of your decision makings are being made now by fear. I'm afraid this will happen. I'm afraid this might happen. No longer are you moved by faith, but you're moved by fear. All of your decisions are now made by fear. And if you're making decisions by fear, maybe you're running on empty. Number two, I find myself wanting to run away from things. Elijah ran for his life, it says. What are you wanting to run away from right now? People, work, family, commitment. What are you wanting to run away from? Because see, when we run down, when we're running on empty, we want to run away from things. It gets too hard. Number three, I start to back out of relationships. Elijah ran and left of all the people he left. He left his servant. His faithful servant who was with him, walked with him, backed him up, had his back. He took off, didn't even take his servant with him. When we're running on empty, we want to back out of relationships. We find we want to isolate, get away. Number four, when we're running on empty, we tend to make foolish decisions impulsively. Write this down. When I find myself emotionally drained, I tend to make foolish decisions impulsively on the spur, on the mo- on the spur of the moment decisions. How did Elijah do this? <laughs> well, straight after he got this information, he decided to go for a walk in the desert for a day. Took off into the desert, no, wa- no food, no water, and no game plan. Where are you going? Don't know and I don't care. Where are you going? It's the wrong direction. I don't care. When you're running on empty and you're running low, you tend to make foolish decisions on the spur of the moment. Number five, you find yourself pushing past your physical limits. You keep saying, I can get more done. I can do more. I keep pushing myself, pushing myself believing you can do more. Number six, when you're running on empty, your work now seems pointless. It doesn't hold that magic anymore. It doesn't hold its original desire and joy. Elijah says, I've worked so hard, Lord, 
so hard for what? Nobody is making any change. The nation is still a mess. They are still serving false gods. Elijah was reflecting on his self-worth and he was beating himself up. For what? I served you, I've ministered for you, I've faithfully followed you and look, no one's doing anything. And the joy that was once a joy to him with his work is no longer a joy. It seems pointless. One of the greatest causes of burnout is trying to control everything. There's actually a medical syndrome for this called the Atlas Syndrome. Years and years ago, there was a bodybuilder by the name of Charles Atlas. And one of the famous pictures of Charles Atlas was him kneeling on the ground and he's carrying the globe, the world. And the Atlas Syndrome says this, you're not big enough to carry the world. You're just not big enough. That job's already been taken and it's not you and I. Can I encourage you today to step down and resign as manager of the universe today? The world will not fall apart because the world does not rest on your shoulders. You know, there are a lot of things beyond your control and as such, you're not responsible for other people's responses in life. I want to say that again. You are not responsible for other people's responses in life. I'm responsible to preach this word to you today. I am not responsible to see what you do with it. You can take it, pick it up. You can use it as a campfire tonight. You can do whatever, but I'm not responsible for that. Number seven, when I find myself running on empty, I find myself complaining and wanting to quit and give up. Elijah screams out, God, I've had enough. I want out. Have you ever found yourself driving in your car or at home telling your spouse or partner, I've had enough. I want to quit. I'm out. I'm at the end of my rope. I want out. All I want to do is get on my bike and ride. I just want to ride. That's another thing struggling at the moment. I love to ride interstate, do an interstate ride once a year. I can't now. I'm just going to go round and round circles. Balaclava back home, balaclava back home. I think my bike knows where to go. Can I encourage you today? When your emotional tank is low, running on empty, you can tend to lose your vision and in doing so, sabotage your future. You tend to forget your dreams, your goals, your vision. Elijah said, it's not worth it. I'm ready to throw in the towel. Number eight, when I'm running low on running on empty, I feel isolated and attacked. I feel threatened. I can feel lonely. I can feel attacked. I can feel I'm under threat. Elijah said these words, God, I'm the only one who is left and they're trying to kill me too. He's having a pity party. Now the truth of the matter is he was exaggerating the problem. And when we are running on empty, we can tend to find we exaggerate a lot of things. We can say things like, they all hate me. They are all against me. We 
tend to exaggerate when we're running on empty. He says, I'm the only one left, God. And God drops in and says, actually, Elijah, there are 7,000 other faithful souls in Israel who have not bowed down their knees. You're not the only guy. But he's so emotionally drained, his view of reality is distorted. How are you seeing things today? How are you seeing things at work? How are you seeing things in your relationships? Number nine, when I'm running on empty, I compare myself to others and feel bad about me. Elijah starts to compare himself, for I'm no better than my ancestors. When we're running on empty, the way we see ourselves becomes corrupted. We can tend to devalue ourselves. We depreciate our true worth. We put ourselves down. The self-talk in our minds replays over and over and over. I'm nobody. My life doesn't matter. My work doesn't matter. My life has no value. We can tend to compare ourselves with other people. And then you start to motivate yourself through criticism. I should have done better. I have to do better. I must do better. And this is where we can find ourselves when we are running on empty, allowing our feelings to run and rule our thoughts in conversation. And finally, a little warning sign as we look through these 10 little things is number 10. I think death might bring relief. Elijah prayed that he might die. Take my life, Lord. Just let me die. Over the years, I've had the painful experience of having to do with two suicides. One was a 23-year-old young man, a pastor's boy. I was working back at church here a Thursday night late and I got a phone call from Pastor Chris and uh, he said, where are you? I said, I'm actually at the church. I'm just working back doing pastoral care. He says, I'll come and pick you up. And I said, uh, is everything okay? He said, I'll tell you everything when you get when I get here. And he arrived and I locked up the church here and we hopped in the car and I said, where are we going? He said, we're going to Gawler. And he said, I believe you've been talking to a young man, uh, Andrew. I said, yeah, beautiful pastor's kid, beautiful young man. Just going through stuff, you know, like we all go through stuff. And uh, he said, and I said, how's he doing? He said, that's where we're going. And he said, he just six o'clock tonight took his life. So we went out to Gawler and uh, met the partner and the precious little baby. And for the next four hours, we sat in the lounge room there and just... You can just sit there. There's no words for that. But I can remember what followed after with his partner and the grief and the torment and the questions they're asking. I should have seen signs. I should have known better. Maybe there was something I could have done. And the pain of that. And I just want to encourage you today, if you're listening to this via podcast to date, I, podcast, I don't know where you are. You might be in another part of the world listening to this on podcast, but I want to share with the church today. If you've ever had thoughts and thoughts have just quickly come through your mind, please, 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 please hear my heart this morning. Please don't do that. You have people that love you. You have people that care for you. You have people that want to reach out to you. There is someone near you. There is someone near you. 
And please, this is, what, this is a decision that is so permanent, made on something that's so temporary. Just a temporary moment of pain that you're going through now. But if you cross that line, it's permanent. And so I plead with you today, and I say it as best as I can, please hear our heart. We love you. We care for you. And if you're hearing this today, please reach out to someone before you make any serious decisions there. How did you go? How did you go on that little score sheet there? Can I encourage you to go home and have a talk to your partner through this and just share that because these are 10 little indicators we all have to monitor as we go through life. Now let's go and turn the page now. Come on to how can we refuel our life? This is the, this is the good part now. Number one, God makes me rest my body. When you find yourself running on empty and running low, God makes me rest my body. There are times that God comes in and makes us draw aside for rest. Psalm 23 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Sometimes God will cause us to take a break and simply lie down because we're not smart enough to do it ourselves. And sometimes you can get, <laughs> the body just breaks down a little bit. You might get a bad case of flu or whatever and you find yourself tucked up in bed. And you think, what are you doing here? I think God's just caused me to have a lay down and just have a time of rest here. This is what happened to Elijah. Then Elijah laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and he saw some baked bread on hot stones in a jar of water. So he ate them and he drank and look what he did. He laid down again and he went back to sleep. Then the angel of the Lord came back to him again and touched him again and said, get up, eat some more for there is a long journey ahead of you. So he got up, ate, and drank again. Do you know what I love about this? God's remedy, his antidote to Elijah's burnout was practical. Eat and sleep. A pastor friend of mine from Victoria, 37 years in the ministry, started at 15 and stepped down after 37 years later, went up to Queensland. I saw him some months later, I said, how are you? He said, Mark, he said, I slept for three months after 37 years in the ministry of just going, going, going. And he said, I slept on and off for three months. My, I didn't realize I was so run down. God didn't scold Elijah and say, come on, man, stop having a pity party. Suck it up. No, he let him sleep. He let him rest. He let him eat. Psalm 127.2 says, God wants his loved one to get their proper rest. Say after me, God wants me to get my proper rest. Last week was a real heavy, heavy time for Michelle and I. We've come off the back of my mum passing away, Michelle's mum passing away, then two precious people passed away in the last month or so. And um, it was just bang, 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 bang. And, 
And uh, I ended up, I drove to Michelle's work on Friday and, and uh, she said, what are you doing here? I said, we're going away for the weekend. She said, you what? I said, yep, I've got Dr. George preaching. I've got this covered. I said, we're going away, we're just going to go and sleep. We're just going to go and rest. And it was so good. It was so good. So I, anyone here working, tell your boss, Pastor Mark said you can have Monday off. Just have a rest. Go and have a rest. But um, can I, it's a little joke, but it's real. Get to bed early. Get some sleep. Take Saturday off. Just sleep. Sometimes it's just a practical thing of having some rest just to bring recovery and to bring it back into our body. Number two, God encourages me to release my frustrations. <laughs> Someone just said, my partner does not need encouragement there, Pastor. Say after me, revealing my feeling is the beginning of healing. Elijah has now traveled for 40 days to get to Mount Sinai. Let's read what happened. There he, Elijah, came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, it had nothing to do with location, but it had everything to do with emotion. God didn't say, how did you end up here at Mount Sinai? And can I give you a clue? Whenever God asks you a question, He's not looking for the answer. He knows the answer. He wants you to discover the answer. And when He said, what are you doing here? How did you end up here? He was saying, Elijah, how in the world did you end up here alone, by yourself, burnt out, broken down, run out? And by the way, I don't need to know the answer. I want you to tell me. Confess to me. So he begins to download on God. He begins to let go of his emotions. And when he shares them, we see six emotions that he releases. In verse 3, fear. In verse 10, anger. In verse 4, resentment. In verse 4, low self-esteem. In verse 10, loneliness. In verse 10, worry. He says these words, I'm afraid. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I'm lonely. I'm worried. I'm depressed. I wrote down here something my senior pastor shared with me many, many years ago as we get ready to close. My pastor used to say this, Mark, there can be no transformation without transparency. What he was saying is, Mark, for God to touch you and move on you, the doorway of transformation comes through the doorway of transparency and honesty. James says, as we confess our faults or fears or insecurities to one to another, there's healing. There's something powerful when we tend to be honest about something. And I know when I get with people, and if someone's sitting there with me and they say these words, Pastor Mark, I'm about to share something with you that I've never shared with someone before. I get excited. Why? Because I know they're about to start their healing journey. God's about to move in their life. 
There's a story in the Bible about Jacob, you know, the trickster, the hustler, ripped off his brother. And on the way back to meet his brother in Genesis 32, he stops at the Jabbok, crosses over to the Penile by himself. And when he's over there, he's wrestling with an angel. And he wrestles all night. And the angel of the Lord only has one question. Jacob, what is your name? What is your name? It says after he wrestled, he said to the Lord, My name is Jacob. Why was that so important? Well, 17 years before he deceived his earthly father, he put heavy skin on his arm, he rubbed dirt on it to deceive his father at the time of blessing. And it was at that time his father said, What's your name? And he lied and said, My brother and Esau, to get the blessing. And the angel of the Lord says, listen, I want to release you into your future. I want to release you into that. I really feel the prophetic coming here. I want to release you. There's, there's been a hold up and a, like a hold up and a stalling, a stalling in a circle. I can see it. And God is saying the simple way to release this season of going around in circles is transparency and honesty. Just own up and just say, hey, this is who I really am. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going through. And so the angel of the Lord said, what's your name? He says, I'm Jacob. You got me. <laughs> you got me. I'm a deceiver. I ripped him off. I lied. And at that time, the angel of the Lord didn't beat up Jacob, but he built him up. And he said, your name is no longer Jacob. It's now Israel. Released into his new season. God says to Elijah, how in the world did you end up here? What's going on? And it was at that time he downloaded every feeling and emotion and told him how he felt. Have you ever wondered why there are 150 Psalms in the Bible? Simple. They're God's, David's downloads to God. Every one of those Psalms is a download on his emotion, every emotion that he's gone through. Number one. Recovery comes through resting your body. Number two, it comes from releasing all of your emotions and feelings. And as it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, pour out all of your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. Where do I take my cares and worries to God? Psalm 55, 22 says, so here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and your anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. David is saying, here is what I have learned through it all. Through all my seasons of battle, weariness, challenges and discouragement, leave them at the feet. Get transparent before God. When you start sharing God's caring, it comes in at that time. And can I encourage you, it's okay to reach out to a counsellor. It's okay to reach out to your life group leader. It's okay to reach out to Pastor Belinda and our people around you. Find a safe place to share. And then the third thing, the final thing is, remember and refocus on Him. Jesus said at the last meeting with the 12 disciples, do this in remembrance of me. When Joshua crossed over and had that miracle, he built 12 stones. Why? To make sure that the people remembered it was God that got that victory. God. And the third important part of refueling, re-energizing, 
getting your strength back is to pause and remember and refocus on Jesus. Remember, remember what? All the promises of God. The Lord said to Elijah, go stand in front of me in the mountain and I will pass by you. Then a very strong wind blew past, but the Lord was not in the wind. After that, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Then there was a wildfire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But then there was a quiet, gentle sound. And when Elijah heard it, he covered his face with his coat. And he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, Elijah, why are you still here? Asking that same question again. What's he doing here? He's telling Elijah, I want you to draw aside and get alone with me because I've got something for you to see. That's very, very important. All you've been looking at, Elijah, is what's around you. You've been looking at the problems, the people, the situations. But get alone with me because I've got something for you to see. And he showed off his power. He showed off his majesty in the earthquake. He showed off his strength in the firestorm. And then he showed off his closeness with a whisper. God is demonstrating, in case you have forgotten, son, this is how powerful I am. And you're running scared, worried about a woman? One woman? I'm in control here. You can chillax. I've got your back. I've got you covered. Very importantly, when it comes to emotional burnout, it comes as we try to play God. We're trying to control everything. And like Elijah, you find that out. That chair is already taken. I close with this little word from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, another prophet, also found out the hard way he can't play God. I cannot control the events around my life. And one of the books he wrote was Lamentations, which actually means my complaints. And it's a book where he's releasing all of his frustrations to God. But Jeremiah along the way finds the antidote to running on empty is remembering how good God is. And I want you to write down this next verse. I want you to write it down and I want you to put it on the dashboard of your car, the screen of your mobile phone, put it on the fridge at home. And Jeremiah in this passage of Scripture mentions five specific qualities that help pull him up and out of his time of depression, his burnout, his running on empty. And I want to read this verse with you this morning. Let these words touch your heart and mind today here we go he writes just thinking of my troubles and my wanderings what wanderings means you're lost you don't know where you're going when I think of all my troubles I haven't the slightest idea where I'm going in life when I think of all my troubles and my wanderings it fills me with sadness and bitterness and he says it's all I ever think about and I'm depressed but, say but. but. But, this is the big change coming. But then I remember. What can turn you around is the power of remembering. What can lift you up is the power of remembering. What can refuel you is the power of remembering. But then I remember 
this is it. These are the five things, he says. But that I remember something that fills me with hope. You ready? Here we go. Then I remember something that fills me, fills me with hope. And he says these five things. Number one, I remember the Lord's steadfast love never ends. His love for you. Stop beating yourself up. He loves you. Stop pulling yourself down. He loves you. Oh, but he doesn't. But, uh, there's nothing you've ever done that will stop him from calling you son. He loves you. Number two, his unfailing mercy keeps me from being wiped out. You can slip up and trip up, but you'll never run out of his mercy. His mercy is fresh every morning. Number three, and because of his great faithfulness, each new day he is. He's faithful. Number four, he's always kind to me. So deep in my heart, I say to myself, the Lord is all I need. He is my number five real hope. Can I encourage you? Sometimes we run to something called chocolate. We run to sugar. We want a sugar hit when I'm feeling down. Well, I put a little word together called sugar, just for the sugar people today. Sugar, to remember these five things. If you're at home and you say, I want sugar, your partner's virtually saying, I want these five things. Number one, S stands for steadfast love that came out of the scripture. Number two, U, unfailing mercy. Number three, great faithfulness. Number four, A, always kind and good. Number five, R, real hope. That's a sugar hit if ever you need a sugar hit. Whoa, come on. Build your life on these five qualities of God. This will pull you up and refuel you. Finally, there was one final thing the Lord said to Elijah. Now go back the way you came to the desert of Damascus. And he says, when you get there, I want you to anoint. What's anoint? It means you're going to appoint some other people to help you. You will need other people to help you. I want you to anoint a guy named Jehu, Ahazaliel, Elisha. What's going on? God is giving Elijah a brand new assignment because God says, listen, I'm not through with you. Just because you're burnt out, I'm not through with you. Just because you're run down, I'm not through with you. You've still got a mission. You've still got a purpose. But I love how he gets his other three people involved. He's encouraging, saying, Elijah, next time, have some people around you. Don't do this journey alone. Keep it strong. Keep people in your life. Keep partners with you. When he says go and touch other people, this is important. One of the quickest ways to break free from depression, burnout, and running down, run down, is to get involved in helping someone else. Jesus says, in giving your life away, you will find yours. And Elijah needed to be reminded to get his eyes off himself and refocus back on God's purposes and plans. Today, you may find yourself running on empty. You may find yourself running low emotionally. But can I encourage you today, reach out and bless someone through a small card, send a small gift, start praying for someone else. 
It's interesting, Elijah was told these three important people, Hazael, Jehu, and Elisha, three people to bless and three people that took his focus off himself. So how do I refuel? Number one, I must be about rest. Number two, I must be releasing all of my frustrations. And number three, I must be remembering the goodness and grace of God. Amen. Can we close as we, the, oh, the band are here. Come on, Father, we thank you today. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Lord, I've delivered the word. I ask right now that by your spirit, you would then touch, cover, breathe, and bring life to it. There are people here that are going through real situations and circumstances and have got to that place down at the edge where they go, oh Lord, I just want to quit. I want to give up. Would you breathe now? Would you breathe upon them? And in this time of our just as last moments as the band is worshiping, Lord, may you minister through your spirit. And I would encourage you as we stand in a minute, as we close, this is your time just to reach up and say, thank you, Father, for refueling me. Thank you, Father, for refilling me. Thank you, Father, for healing me. Amen. Let's stand, band, as we go today. Stay around if you want a tea or coffee. Can we put our hands together for all the creative team, for what they've done today, all the team. Amen. God bless you, church. we thank you we honor you we thank you that right now you've started the refueling process as we move from here today and begin to rest as we move from here today and find someone that we can share openly and honestly and transparently and as we've moved to the place of remembering you and who and everything you've done in our lives we thank you that strength is coming back strength is coming back hope is coming back and Jeremiah said I can place my hope on remembering these five things in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. Have a fantastic day today and the remainder of the weekend. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for partnering with us today.